0: Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside.
1: I'm Dr. Adam Grise.
0: And I'm Laura Grise.
1: Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide Magic Seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Hi, welcome back to Magic Seeds.
0: Hey, before we get started, I just want to say congratulations for publishing your first book. Thank you. I choose you. I don't want to say I'm proud of you because that's always a weird statement, but it really has been an honor being with you and watching you go through this whole process. And it's been a year, right? It was about a year, maybe a little bit longer. No, it's been a year around Christmas time, Mm -hmm, around the holidays.
1: It was a lot of (laughs) fine-tuning.
0: Well, you couldn't put all of your time into it, but it's just, it's a beautiful book. You know, just the words and the meaning and the pictures and just really, really well done.
1: Well, what would be cool is if it picks up steam, you know, I think it has a good message. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's kind of everything I preach and talk about, talk about it today. It'd be cool if it gets picked up by an actual publisher. Well,
0: obviously. I say, hey, make some more of these. Obviously, yes.
1: Self-publishing, it's just like, yeah, you had the metal to follow through on a project.
0: Right. Well.
1: That's good. It's awesome.
0: It is good. I mean, you have a lot of irons in the fire, which I was thinking yesterday, I don't even know what that means, irons in the fire. But you do have a lot of irons in the fire. And you can't, you know, it's not like you are a writer and that is it. So you put all of your time into it. You have So many different things going on. So yes, of course you're gonna self publish and see what it does, but
1: well we'll see. The title of the book, I choose you. Yes. Perfect segue. Thank you. I think we planned it.
0: I choose you or is it I choose you? Right. I mean I could have titled the book.
1: Could have titled the book I choose me." me. But I choose you because I think when I talk to most people, like with my patients, people have a really hard time loving themselves.
0: Oh yes, they do.
1: But it's not so <clears> hard to <throat> love me. someone else or like love a dog. And people right. are like, I know how to like I would never judge another person. I would never treat another person the way I treat myself.
0: Yeah, but they do. I mean your love can only go as far as your love for yourself. Really but ultimately I mean,
1: that's yeah. And so it ends up being different. But deep down people are dying for it. there's a distress signal inside that saying, I want to be loved. Like please love me. Mm-hmm. Please value me. And I think as a way to heal that People don't know to turn inwards. So they end up trying to heal it by loving and valuing everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. I will never judge you. And it's really because deep down inside, they don't want to be judged anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they don't know how to give that to themselves because the mind thinks we need to get that validation and love from somewhere else.
0: Outside rather than inside.
1: Exactly. So um, that's kind of the magic seed for today is can just say it with I choose you it's to make it where you can think of yourself as this there's this inner child or I I say you have your three children right your body Mm -hmm. your mind and your soul or like your three little children that once you become of age you know when you're a child your parents are supposed to show you how to find those how to be in good relationship to your body how to foster a a healthy mental attitude and Mm -hmm. a mindset um, and thoughts and beliefs and how to develop a healthy relationship to your soul, how to take care of it and nurture it and nourish it.
0: Mind, body, soul. Mind,
1: body, soul. And if you. Mom,
0: mind, body, spirit. Mind, body.
1: Mind, mind body, body, inner everything. child. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if parents, guardians, whoever, if they can teach a child that, at some point you come of age and it's your turn to take over and be mm-hmm. the guardian of those three components of yourself. Right. It's just so hard because most people not only don't get taught that, right? they usually end up getting traumatized or neglected, or just even, you don't even realize it. Parents, you know, kids just internalize things.
0: Well, and not only, the kids are not being taught it because the parents don't even have it. <laughs> exactly. You know, I right. mean, no, how was are they never supposed taught.
1: to teach, right? And so when there are these gaping holes that are supposed to come from the outside at first, right? It's supposed to be downloaded into the system. For right. the take If you don't get them, when you come of age, you feel this void inside. And since you've never been taught to turn inwards to yourself, to feed yourself the things that are needed, you spend your entire life trying to fill those gaps in with love, with validation, you know, a job, a title, sure. or whatever it is. But the distress signal keeps on coming because nothing's going to give it to you other than yourself.
0: Right. So how do you do that?
1: So how do you do that? (laughs) So, I mean, that's the book, you know, trying to set the stage for children, for parents to have some sort of setup where you can start teaching children what it means and what it looks like to choose yourself and to do it again, following the seasons. We use the seasons as that guideline, that roadmap.
0: Right. Just nature, nature cycle.
1: Right. The cycle never ceases to progress in its orderly fashion. And if you could follow it, you'll always know how to choose yourself in the right moment, in the right way. And I know like my dad, my dad's a psychologist. And when I speak to him or I've spoken to him in the past about, you know, choosing yourself and
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's like, oh, there's a red flag in there, Adam. Because you're going to settle you know, you'll set a world full of narcissists. You know, people like, you know, tell them to choose themselves. and They're not going to care about other people. They're not going to want to do for other people.
0: I don't know. People, I know that is a lot of people's biggest fear you know, that they don't want to, you know, and that's their self-worth, you know, they're afraid to speak up, they're afraid to do just because they're afraid of it coming out as, you know, looking like it's selfish. I've gone through that, mm-hmm. you know. Totally, I got through it. I was, mm-hmm. We were
1: called selfish little ingrates growing up. <laughs> I was petrified of being selfish. I knew I was selfish, and a lot of my non-selfish acts early on were really just to prove to myself that just so I could say, I'm not being selfish. I don't want to be selfish. What
0: kid is not selfish though? I mean, that is the definition of a child. Like they don't have the capacity to not be selfish.
1: That's the perfect point because it's always going to start with the self and then you teach them how to foster that relationship with Mm -hmm. themselves in a way that fulfills them, in a way so they don't have that distress signal, that void coming from within, so they can finally come around to hearing what their purpose is, what their expression is, that's going to be the gift you give to the world. Right. And I don't know what it's going to be for anyone and who cares whatever it's going to be, it's going to be, there's no right or wrong. That's what your book says. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's then, then when your soul speaks and says, I want to help people or I want to build things or I want to categorize things. It doesn't even matter. I want to create music, create art, right. whatever that is, that will be your gift. But if you always feel a void inside, you'll never even get to express that gift for the pure expression.
0: Because you won't even be able to find
1: it. Well, because you're going to be using it to get something. Right. And then it's been sullied. Right. right? Now it's like I'm healing people, so I feel important. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm painting so I can make money. Right. You know, it's just like whatever it is, it takes you away from the purity of the expression, the authenticity. And then again, you don't feel fulfilled right. so then you start searching even more right so i get <laughs> it where when you start sending people down this path a lot of times people will revert back to almost like a childlike state because they've been devoid of being fed for so long mm-hmm. that it will take a while before they're going to want to stop eating you know if i mm-hmm. haven't eaten in 3 days i'm and not going to and i haven't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take four bites and be like, now let me give away all my food. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't even be appropriate. It's going to be more appropriate for me to fill myself. And once I'm full, I'll stop getting the signal that I want to eat. And then if I have food in front of me, I'm going to look around and be like, I don't know, who can I give this to? I mean, that's the definition of abundance. Right. So fill the abundance within, and then you will naturally spread it without.
0: Right. And recognize that abundance is everywhere. Not that you have to hoard, or you right. know it's limited. You know we're taught that everything is limited, resources are limited, everything. So we hoard, but it's just not the case.
1: But if there's always a gaping hole inside, yeah, you right. do feel that you could never get enough, right. and then you have that mentality that I just need to always make sure I'm receiving something, I'm getting something out of every interaction, because you're just trying to quiet that distress signal from within. Right. So that's this whole deal. So for today. The problem is that people have this void. Right. We all do. And it's in one area or another. Yes, you might, we all do. Right, you might be, have a really good relationship to yourself in one aspect, and it comes out in another. Mm-hmm. You know? So we have this void, and the typical solutions that people do, is, I mean, just look around. They just try to latch on to a marriage to let themselves feel safe and secure and loved, or they'll try to get a job title that makes them feel important. Mm-hmm. Um, what
0: are well, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking, but is putting our stuff on someone else, is that a product of this or no? I think that's... Down the line. I
1: and mean, that's like a codependency. Right. right. So give me an example.
0: No, I don't know right now because I'm just coming into this, but I get what you're saying with the other two examples and we can, we but can How about this? that.
1: Feeling productive, right? Mm-hmm. I need to feel productive. So all of a sudden I'm, I need to be doing stuff. Right. Because ultimately, deep down, there's a belief that I'm not enough or I'm lazy, right? And lazy, it's like, So yes. you're taking actions to kind of quiet down the inner critic instead of feeding yourself a relationship that built on unconditional acceptance. Right, I'm
0: trying to think. Okay, so if someone feels like a failure, right? So they're going to overcompensate with, I don't know, something in their career, right? Or- To make them feel like- they're not a failure,
1: but right. it's, or they'll stop trying. They'll prevent. They'll paralyze themselves from uh, trying because they're so petrified of being right. a failure.
0: Right. The two polar opposites. I get it. Okay.
1: And so people end up there. Mm-mm. So I guess the typical solutions are either
0: overcompensating, overcompensation,
1: or, or undercompensating, complete removal. Right. Right. Either or way, shut down. Shut down. Either right. way, you're not going to feel happy. You're find that peace that sure. we're all looking for. You're not going to feel liberated in life.
0: Well, how do you identify it? You know, um, if, a you're, sense if of are in...
1: inside, identify it like if I yeah, know people aren't honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. And of course, and there will be many, like, sometimes I'll go, about even being honest, just not even aware. It's right. Um, I try to be crazy aware. Yes, we do. And yet I'll go easily a month thinking I'm being aware on the right level only to realize, <sighs> oh you man. You say a month. <laughs> I mean, easily more. Yes. Yeah, a year, a lifetime, decades. <laughs> what do you want? I'm in I'm imperfect. <laughs> I'm at least wise enough to know my imperfections will be manifested until the day I die. There's mm-hmm. imperfections I'm not even aware of yet. Yes. Disconnects. So I mean, that's a lifelong process. I'm not I remember when I was in my 20s and my goal was like, let's see if I work really hard, I'll be <laughs> I'll reach enlightenment by the time I'm 50. And then, and then I was like, at a certain point, I'm like, oh, like even trying to strive for enlightenment was part of what I had to let go of.
0: I mean, you and I were just talking about that with enlightenment. If we just realized, you know, if we arrived at a level of comfort and ease and peace inside, you know, rather than waiting until we're 80, I was saying there's such a comfort level in people who are 80, you know, they've gone through it all and, there are no more trial and errors. And... Yeah, but think about it,
1: because I know who you're even referring to right now. And the thing is, is we get comfortable with the things we experienced 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the next generation seems like they're so enlightened to the stuff that we're going through. Well, look at the stuff they're going through. They are crapping
0: right, they're, they're... their
1: pants, <laughs> <laughs> figuratively and literally. They're, but they're going through their own existential crises. That they can't wrap their heads around, but yet they look at what we're going through and they're like, "Oh, you guys, this all you know comes out in the wash." Yeah, okay,
0: I get it, but I'm just saying, you know, if we could just—I mean, there are different levels, you know. So I don't know. They've gone through so many more levels than us, yes. and if we could just get there at 46 instead of you know having to wait 40 more years to get there, I mean, wouldn't that be nice?
1: That's what elders. Every age group, you can say, has a purpose or has mm-hmm. a uh, right. Pass what they, down your wisdom. Serve. You know, like
0: so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, right. pass we it just, down.
1: Our culture does not value. tap into that resource. We
0: don't value. We don't value
1: elderly. By the and same seniors. token, maybe because of you know like how you are like before, where like our parents' generation never learned it, so how are they supposed to teach us? <laughs> right. But maybe we've even gotten away. So maybe like the people that are becoming the elders now. Maybe they haven't been focused on getting that wisdom, and they've been chasing their tails. So right. maybe they don't even have the wisdom.
0: Well, maybe this new generation, us, or even people a little bit younger—you know, the millennials—maybe they are, you know, coming in. Well, you know, we talk about it, a new level of consciousness, right? So maybe just even the evolution will be a lot. Hopefully, that's the it. evolution will be a lot faster. Well,
1: that's what we're trying to do. That is I mean, what we're trying right? to do. I'm trying to hopefully open the doors. Yes. Kind of change the direction a little bit. Yes. So point of this podcast (laughs) that we will try to stay on (laughs) is choosing yourself and being quote unquote selfish if you do it properly for people that are afraid Mm -hmm. of being selfish, right? Yes. If you know how to apply this type of selfishness, which we're not connotating as a, a negative selfishness, if you know how to choose yourself appropriately, if you can follow the guidelines <clears throat> for how to do it, it actually leaves you less selfish in the long run. You end up being able to provide more for people. So learn how to be positively or healthily selfish at the right moments. Yes, And then you don't have this <clears throat> <Excuse> background <throat> need, <clears throat> this, that background signal that we all get like, I need, I need, I need. If you want that to go away, if you want selfishness to go away, learn how to feed yourself and focus inwardly at the right times and to know the way to do it at the right times, that actually then leaves you feeling full inside, which allows you to give your gift to the world.
0: Can I give you a super, super (laughs) no, it's actually a very intense analogy. Yeah. So back in the day when I was with spinal cord injuries, brain injuries or whatever, or even just rehabbing myself, just Start at rehabbing myself. I always felt like I was super selfish. I was. It was ridiculously selfish. I mean, the world literally had to revolve around me. You
1: were 18. Order f- yeah. 19. Yes, 18, I was 18,
0: 18. But still, it had to revolve around me because I was in such a deficit and I had to rely on everyone for help. And if I didn't soak in that selfishness and take in all that time from everybody, then down the line, I would still be having to need everybody rather than, you know, where I got to. And, you know, I could stand on my own two legs. Literally, I could stand on my own two legs, but then I could pass that on to others. So then, you know, I opened up the center and that was the first thing I always said to new people. Now is the time to be super selfish. You know, this time is for you and you just get knee deep in this. Put your head down. Be very selfish because down the line you're going to be able to be fulfilled and pass this on to somebody else or others. Is that like a...
1: It's actually perfect. And Mm-mm. that whole spinal cord injury thing actually brings up a perfect point with this because you have to be selfish, right? You do. And then that comes down to... I me.
0: Mean, you're forced into it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're going to be fixated on because, you know, there's such, like you're saying, a deficit and a need. Right. That said, though, that comes back to the art form of being selfish, where choosing yourself is not just a blanket statement. You need to know what's being asked for in every moment because life follows an arc. It follows that cycle. And that cycle ebbs and flows. And there's an outward push phase and just going for it phase. Mm-hmm. Then there's just seeing what has occurred, what you know, what outcomes have happened, what have you gained, what have you lost, you know, just taking stock. Then there's that letting go part. Right. And letting go, and we you know, we've already spoken about this, but it's not just to free you up inside. It's also what replenishes the soil beneath. You know, right. The tree losing its leaves is, and the rotten fruit is what you need to nourish the roots so you can make a new push. Mm-hmm. And then to be still. That comes crazy. Spinal cord injury, right? You're paralyzed, right? You're quadriplegic. You are
0: already so still.
1: How do you try to get someone who's had a spinal cord injury, a quadriplegic to to buy into the need for, (laughs) like choosing yourself now means be still. And you're like, no, 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 Mm no. I need to move, I need to get going. But if you don't honor the natural order, you're gonna get diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. And so if it's all about getting the maximum returns in life, it's you have to start tricking the mind a little bit, like going past the mind's resistance to know to choose yourself sometimes looks like feeding yourself but sometimes it's about going into the darkness mm-hmm. sometimes it's about sitting down and making a plan and it's not about having fun and sometimes it is about full immersion and fun and but right. it just it changes so again knowing how to choose yourself and how to be selfish and when and when and hopefully being cognizant enough and conscious enough to shift when it's time to shift right, right. to let go when it's time to let go and Stop trying so hard. I mean, that's so hard for me. It's the hardest thing. And I think it's almost for everyone. Sure. You get so fixated on what you need to accomplish, what goal you're trying to achieve, that your mind thinks you have to achieve it in this iteration around the cycle. Like, I can't stop trying until my goal is manifested. As opposed to this goal, if it's going to manifest, is going to take many cycles of evolution to even get to that point again like the apple tree it doesn't produce an apple its first year (laughs) right it has to go into it but our mind doesn't let us lose the leaves be dead in winter right stop trying so hard to be still so it can take stuff up from the root system so it can build that potential energy to turn back in to that next round of kinetic outward push to go a little bit further than you went last time right that is really hard that's embracing
0: patience Our culture doesn't have patience.
1: We've really never even been taught patience. (laughs) Well, we've been taught that productivity only looks like it's only outward. Right. And if you're not outwardly producing, you must be either lazy or you're losing ground. Yes. As opposed to adopting the roadmap. The cycle. The cycle that says there's outward productivity and there's inward productivity. And you need both of them. It's the yin and yang of life, right? Mm -hmm. You need both of them to promote the continual evolution and growth. Sure. And if you don't do it, you can try all you want. Everyone knows where that goes. You end up spinning your wheels. There comes a point where your push starts losing momentum. Right. We all know it. Even in a day, right? Like it's nine PM at night and you're like, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And you're like, ah uh. would right. you be better off pushing through there with diminishing returns or Quint. going to sleep, right? <laughs> right? Like letting go, going to sleep and waking up two hours earlier instead of staying up two hours later. Because when you wake up at five instead of seven, all of a sudden you're refreshed.
0: Yeah, I choose that now. That's what As I, I mean, opposed been doing to that what I for, used to do. But yeah. I mean, I choose that, you know, where I see I'm starting to lose steam at nighttime. I quit. And then I just know that I have to wake up earlier because I just, I have so much more in the morning.
1: And what I found since starting that, and I only started it, you know, maybe six months ago, mm-hmm. maybe five months ago, is... Well, first of all, it's something I've never been a morning person. Right. You know, so to finally choose myself in a way when I took stock of it, I'm like, if I want to choose myself and be as productive as I can be. If I want to accomplish my goals and live out my dreams, I need to be efficient with the way I live. I need to honor the cycle. Right. And, but then my mind's like, you're a night person. You're not a morning person. You've never been a morning person. I'm like, well, I need to push that forth. And then after I've done it for a while, it's not even close how much more I'm getting out of life now, how no, much absolutely. more on top of things I am. Like just the ability to breathing exercise and to exercise and do yoga and to meditate right. in the mornings sets up the whole rest of my day. Otherwise it doesn't even happen. It doesn't happen. It's going <laughs> right. be possible. Get home late. Right. You're already exhausted. <clears throat> tired. You're tired. And then you just want to collapse. Mm-hmm. So we'll watch TV. Right. We don't even watch TV anymore. No, we
0: don't. I love it. Love it. You know that bumper sticker? The bumper sticker says, uh, blow up your TV or something like that. (laughs) I love it. I think of it all the time when the kids want to watch TV.
1: You know what, though? Even though we were just watching TV, we connected during that time. Not much. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And that has completely left the dynamic. So I I feel healthier now that, you know, I'm doing this and you feel healthier. But more distant. We're distant. And so... That's even another good point that when you do choose yourself Mm -hmm. and you start making changes in your life, it sets off a chain reaction. That chain reaction isn't always going to be across the board positive, but you're building upon something that you believe in. So it's like you're starting with the foundation. You're saying, I want to set myself up that if I need to make changes, the changes need to come from something that is sustainable and aligned with what I want to do in life and aligned with my mind, body, and soul. So we've done that. And now it's like, okay. That's good, positive change. And then we take a look around and we're like, "Oh crap, mm-hmm. this has kind of upset some other areas of life." Right. And that doesn't mean now those areas are gone. We have to make adjustments, right? So you can continue again to evolve and evolve and make little adjustments when you start a new cycle. I mean, that's
0: spring. That's right. Spring. Right.
1: So I mean, even mm-hmm. not to beat the dead horse of our dead marriage, and w- <laughs> <laughs> which honestly, I mean, I thought because we do this in real time. When we're going through our dying marriage. But I thought that, wow, letting it die was terrible. The truth of the matter is, letting it die was terrible. But there was this kind of like underlying hope that I'm going to choose me, you're going to choose you, and we'll come out of this. And even there's no guarantees, but it's like, it was almost just like hope that everything will then be able to just renew. And now I'm like, oh, it died. And. If it's going to come back, it's going to take some plowing and hoeing and rototilling. It's like, it's not back. I mean, it's not. It's dead in the water. And this is a whole new death for me. I know you've noticed it.
0: So where do you want me to go with this one?
1: I mean, you can't because you feel on the spot. Where do do we
0: go with I choose you on this one?
1: (laughs) Well, I guess the point is you're not always going to end up in a good place when you choose yourself.
0: Gotcha. No. Uh, No.
1: And I agree. The question is, can you follow through? Can you have that patience like you're saying? So you can make space and hold the ground for something organic to develop, for something that's aligned to start growing. And I don't know what it's going to be.
0: Both self and relationship. So can you have the patience? That is exactly where I am at right now. Just having the patience, like needing the patience to hold still and see what comes out of it. But when you're in a relationship, you just hope and pray that the other person has the patience, you know, to hold still and see what comes out of it as well. Because you might not be so lucky to have a partner who is willing to, you know, hold still as well.
1: Well, I'm holding still, you know, so instead of bitching and moaning and groaning and all of that. Well, there's a little bit there, but... Oh, no, there's... I mean, I'm not at peace. I'm right. not of peace, right? And so that's there. Yes. It's on, it's, you know, I can't.
0: It is on display.
1: It's not blatantly on display, but it's there it's because I can't hide it.
0: on display.
1: Well, I won't kiss you. So, I mean, yeah, it's on display. <laughs> I refuse to look at you. I mean, so, yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it comes out a little bit. But it's forcing me to just continue letting us to die. I want to resume life with you, you know, and it's forcing me to just sit here with myself until every pining, every yearning, every part of me that's reaching outward. And it's just letting you die. And it's really sad for me. It's like, I go from mad, I'm mad, like my mind is mad that you're making me go through this. I'm just sad that I'm losing something that I don't want to lose. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm moving on. Like I'm just going into a space where you don't exist. And I'm not going to, Try. Why am I trying? Like, you're not trying and you, you have nothing to give. You're in your winter. So what am I keeping alive? Like, why should I but keep anything alive? Isn't
0: there anything in the back of your anything or just in your intuition or, you know, whatever, gut feeling that everything is going to be just fine?
1: With me? <laughs> like, I feel always.
0: like...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything always is just fine. But... Everything I get it ends in the macro. Out.
1: The, in the macro, everything's fine, right? You know, like a door I closes, so a okay. window opens, right.
0: whatever. You know.
1: But do I have faith that you are going to find something intrinsically derived for me? No, not at Wait, all. Wait, what? <laughs> do I like? <laughs> I know if you wanted to resume a relationship, uh-huh. I would be hundred percent. Like I'm there. That energy for me, I don't need to find it. It's at the surface. Okay. So that's what I'm letting die right now, which sucks. But do I have faith? Do I feel confidence? Like there are some inner, like knowing that you know, in fact, every passing day that goes by, it's the opposite. I feel less and less. Like when we were going through the, the dying process, initially, I'm like, okay. And at first I was upset and turmoil. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, this is good. Oh my God. Thank God we're doing this, this allows us both to come back to ourselves and we could inject our fresh oxygen back into the relationship, the marriage. So then I was like, okay, I'm excited for this and I want to come back to myself. And then we went through those three months and then I was like, okay, it's over. Okay, well, I'll give it, you know, give, you know don't, do I don't, didn't think it was over, but like, go ahead. But like, you know, don't rush it, but like, gave enough time. And we kind of got to that point where it was like, hey, maybe you're just scared of moving forward. Remember that? Mm-hmm, like, you were talking I about do. last time? And yes. it was like, but then tried to initiate, like, try to engage and, You're just not there, obviously. And so then now I'm like, oh, it's not coming back. Not there. This wasn't like we needed to uncover the rubble. Like, you know, a house collapses and someone's inside and you just, you can't get to them. But when you take off enough brick and mortar, there they are. Oh, my God, reunited. We like pulled you out and you're like, yeah. But I
0: mean, don't you preach the winter?
1: Of course. Okay,
0: I mean, my ground is covered with frost and it's sealed right oh, now. Oh, it's I mean, frosty. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go through the winter. You I know, know. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> let me grow but my it's Forcing me to <clears> let <throat> me. go of you more and more. Like I'm just, I don't want to. It's literally, I'm going against what I want to do. Well, but I have nothing. You literally give me nothing. And granted, you should not be giving me anything because you should be underground. I, that's what I preach. Don't try to. Generate a spring when truly your energy is going downward. Still, is inward. That's
0: what I was trying to say. You know, this is fine. If I was single, I'd be able to do this Mm -hmm. probably with flying colors because somehow I'm doing this. I mean, you know, I can't stand the winter. I can't stand the stillness. I mean, it's everything I resist. But if you're in a relationship, hopefully you have that partner who will go through that with you. I mean, isn't that you know our wedding vows for thick and thin or
1: yeah, but where I'm at mentally with all this now is...
0: We didn't have normal wedding vows,
1: but... No, we had...
0: We had really beautiful vows.
1: Beautiful vows. Yeah. Vows that I thought were going to take us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are. I know. It's a cycle. We're,
1: you preached this. I know. Oh here's my th- gosh. But here's the thing. I'm letting go of the aspect of our marriage. I know... It wasn't healthy. It just needed a reset.
0: It wasn't healthy.
1: The cycle was over. I don't think it was a virus.
0: Oh, I don't think it was toxic
1: by any means. It just wasn't healthy. It's like a good apple that doesn't get picked from the tree. It wasn't organic. You don't think it was organic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but even I'm saying even an organic apple that's on a tree, that was a good, plump, juicy apple, but just doesn't get picked, right? Now you're into autumn. It's still there. It's rotten now. It's like that. That's how I see it. Like We had something good. Yes, we did. We, and yes, we, we do. We finished, the, we finished the cycle. Like, we got into the autumn. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, right? It doesn't have to be like you're saying, toxic. But then, yeah, you got to let go of it all so you can sprout fresh buds. Yes. I get it intellectually. Obviously, I preach it all day long. Oh, well,
0: good. You had to go through it in order to, you know. Totally. You
1: got to walk the walk. You
0: got to walk the walk.
1: And I am. Am I not? Yes. Sometimes. What you, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Have I put anything on you other than I'm in a mood and I'm distancing myself?
0: You have a little bit.
1: When I say that was stiff lips?
0: I, yeah, there's a little bit of judgment.
1: Are you sure I'm judging you or you just feel pressure? Pressure. Am I putting that pressure on or are you afraid of being pressured? Are you so resistant to being pressured? that
0: This Thanksgiving, I felt pressure. I did. For what? A couple of times, I felt pressure. To? To not sit in my stillness.
1: So you mean, while we had company over and people were there, you felt pressure to.
0: I had nothing to do with company and had everything to do with you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah, in this past two weeks is when I was like, oh, this is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, but it wasn't pressure. It was me seeing it was me like being like, hey, OK, like and then that's when like a few days ago, and you're trying to get a kiss goodbye. I'm like I'm not kissing you. Like you've already rejected me twice, giving me stiff lip kisses. I'm not
0: rejecting. You've given I'm me just stiff lip kisses. in stillness. Leave
1: me alone. Okay, what do you do if I give you a stiff lip kiss? It's terrible. And you immediately say it, it. you won't allow it. No. And yet, when I sit there and be like, "Hey, I noticed you gave it's me a stiff one lip way, kiss,
0: baby." It's one way.
1: I know. I'm getting that <laughs> picture ten years in. So at that point. I'm like, okay, it's dead now. And stiff lip kisses like you felt judged, but I'm just being like, oh, that's where we're at? Okay. I mean it's not judgment, it's me being like, okay. And so I feel like I've been holding space. I haven't been Well, you do it better
0: than probably anybody, I'm sure.
1: What would be perfect for you?
0: My perfect situation. Yeah. I have no idea. Give it a shot. No, I've I've tried. I've tried thinking about this. And when I do come to The perfect situation, I will definitely let you know, but the perfect situation to sit in the stillness, I think for anyone would be a monk, you know, who climbed in their cave. I think about it all the time. Like, oh, that's how they do it. You know, they have nobody else in their life. You know, they just recluse into a cave for months. They don't eat. You know, they have no external stimulation. That's how they do it. I have a crazy amount of external stimulation and stillness is honestly, my hardest thing from my past, from what I've learned just growing up, my upbringing, I mean, and then from my experiences. What?
1: Like, what do you mean your upbringing?
0: Oh, well, my upbringing, I mean, it's just, you know, we have to produce, you know, there's no laziness. And if you don't produce, that's laziness. I mean, my family's very intense, extremely intense. So we were just Taught literally at all time, and I have an excellent upbringing. Let me preface that <laughs> excellent before I upbringing. bash my family.
1: Let me preface by saying,
0: <laughs> no, I probably had the best childhood anyone could ever ask for. But we are definitely taught to produce in our family, and there is no relaxing. There is no sleeping. Sleeping is looked at as a bad thing. It's you know lazy. Not producing is looked at as lazy. And then my injury a spinal cord injury could really do a number on somebody's head for stillness. <laughs> even when I lay down at nighttime or sit down on a couch, I mean, it manifests every single night of my life, you know, of that stillness. And my body viscerally doesn't want to sit still. You know, I get crazy legs or whatever it's called, uh, restless legs.
1: and But you don't even like something resting on your leg. It just you uh. feel claustrophobic.
0: Claustrophobia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am to the max if there's any kind of resting or stillness. It just is not my thing. And so you're, I resist it. Me But you're doing it. But, but I'm like, doing it. You're doing it. And I'm so I'm forcing myself into doing it. This if it
1: time. was, and I'm asking this as much for me, like I, we could turn off the microphones right now. I get it. But like, what would be the perfect, like what? I
0: said, if I were a monk and I didn't no, but, have no, a family. Stop and it. And stop, stop, stop. What?
1: I, that's not realistic. I feel like your dad right now. Like just. It's no, not realistic. No, 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 no. You
0: said what's ideal. I'm saying in what's the ideal. current
1: situation. Oh
0: well, I said to you before, Mister, that I don't have an answer, and when I do, I promise you, I'll let you know. But I have been thinking about that. You know, for years. You started this business, Awakening's Health, right? And I said, "Wow, I don't know how you do it with kids." Have I not always said that to you? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I said that to you, because. I only can do things one way. I know how I did Awakenings Health Institute, but I had no kids. I had no husband. I had two dogs that literally went to work. I quit my job and I quit my job because I had a dog and I knew the dog needed to be a part of me. I wasn't going to leave that dog. So that dog came to work with me. So when I started working in the homes, the dog came with me. And then when I opened up a business, the dog came with me. So I don't know how to do it unless if I have these attachments. I use that word loosely because I don't look at you guys as attachments, but we are, right, of course. When I have these attachments, I brought them with me, so they were part of my core, right? So I have always said to you, I have no idea how you are doing this business and raising a family. I can never figure out how you did it because I knew I couldn't. And now I'm back to work, and I am really, really struggling with attachments and trying to you know, but maintain you work, my core.
1: But you work when the kids are away, right? Mm-hmm. And if anything... But my
0: mind is still going, you know, with the kids. And then the kids are in a thousand different directions now with their ages. And I feel like my brain is scrambled eggs. I don't know if that has anything to do with, you know, what I did this fall or if I legitimately am you're going, just scrambled eggs.
1: You're going through a massive transition.
0: Massive. I might be going through midlife crisis. Is that possible? And menopause. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't like either of those words.
1: <laughs> um, no, you're definitely... Something's going on. Your dad, you know, your windshield cracked. Oh my God. And, and, uh, <laughs> and like anyone tells you to do anything. No. It doesn't matter. You reject it yes. instantaneously. And, and so you know when like, I
0: feel trapped what I do, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know what I've done for years and years. What do I do?
1: You're a caged tiger. I mean... I want to run. You go the other way. I mean, you just... But you, I can't
0: run, you know?
1: So your dad's like, little girl, little girl, we got <laughs> to talk nose. about that crack. He
0: calls me Twit nose. Twit Still, I'm 46.
1: We got to talk about that crack. You got to get it done. And you're like, dad, I know. And you're like, he's like, no, you got to get it done. Uh, and then whatever. So then the next day, he no, pulls me- No, I
0: said to him, like, when you tell me what to do, you know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do it. it has nobody learned in my family. Don't tell me what to do. Otherwise, I will go the opposite
1: direction. <laughs> so he pulled me aside the next day and he's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> what do we got to do about this? What, what, what do we got to do about Laura? Like, he's like, you got to get that done. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I can't like. I can't I, tell her to do. I can't. T- <laughs> There's nothing I can do, man. I'm just hanging on for dear life here, dude.
0: <laughs> it's not funny.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So,
0: midlife crisis and menopause. Sure. Oh, anyway.
1: Sure. Go for it. That was my point. I was like, listen, the last few months. I was like, I've been just interesting. I didn't tell him anything, you know, like if he listens to this, he'll figure it all out. But I was like, you know, I think she's going through a bit of a midlife crisis with the change where she's been head down in the sand with the girls for 10 years, almost for nine years, pregnant since 10 years. And now she's finally picking her head up and she doesn't know where her place is and what to do. And it's just a lot coming to the forefront. And I was like, she's going through a midlife crisis. And. I have no idea, man. Like It's hard for me to connect to her. I'm just trying to help her have space going through it, but I don't know. And he's just like <laughs> nodding his head. He's like, I see. And I'm like, okay, we good? good. I was like, I'm just happy you aren't reaming me. This is, feels fantastic. Last time you called me in for a meeting, it was, it was not fun for me.
0: No. no, meetings with my dad are never fun, never, ever.
1: Okay, so we got to wrap this one up. Yes, we do. So- Two hours. We did not- get to what we really wanted to get to today. How about the magic seed? Well, the magic seed was to choose you. We wanted to actually show everyone out there like what it looks like when we can break every aspect of your life down into a spring component, a summer component. You have the harvest component, the autumn component, and the winter component.
0: I think I'm choosing me by going through my winter.
1: You are, and that's what we were going to do. It,
0: it's coming out looking like it's extremely selfish, but it's something I have to do.
1: Well, so that we wanted to show people what it looks like to choose you in each phase, because once you have a visual for it and you've been given, I mean, listen to us, don't listen to us. But if you trust anything that we say, and I've been doing this for 20 years and treating people and working with people, basing everything I do on the wisdom of what's found in perpetuating through the, the cycles of the seasons and how that helps us get on track in life and stay connected and maintain order in our lives and maintain a sense of inspiration for ourselves. If you could buy into that at all, then maybe when we say, here's what it's gonna look like. if you're in a winter and you have to choose yourself, it's okay to not wanna do anything. It's okay to feel kind of bleak and dark and lifeless. It'll kind of feel depressed a little bit or a lot. You'll feel lost. You won't want to engage. And not only is it okay, That's what's, if you can sink into it and choose yourself there and realize you don't have to produce a spring to look productive. You don't have to reach out to everyone so you can maintain ties. You can let people know, hey, guys, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going to hibernate a little bit here, right? Right. Like you can let the world communicate. That is productivity, you know, in the grand scheme of things, in the cycle. That's the thing. When you can start identifying that action as being productive and actually tending to your overall growth and evolution, it makes it a little bit easier. The more you do it, the more you have a place in your mind that allows for it and actually has value for it. So it allows you to sink into it with a little bit less resistance. And as that resistance fades, you get to sink in a little deeper and get more of that replenishment that's needed to fuel the next push in spring. Just Um, like sleep. So I guess maybe we'll just go over the winter one. But that's what choosing you looks like in winter. You know, we could talk more about that, how it looks for specific people in different situations. Again, we'd love to get to the point where we're taking your calls and just going through what you guys are going through and explaining it in terms of where you're at in the cycle. So we can say, here's how you choose you in this instance. And here's how you let the people in your life know what you're going through so it doesn't blow up your life, but you maintain that connection and that forward progress to finish a cycle so you can be reborn in the next one. So that's that. Okay. All right. Till next week. Nothing but love. Stay cool.